Hello, everybody. Good day, everybody. This is Spice. This is Salty. And it's year-end time. It's time to reflect. It's time to look back at the successes we've had and the fails that we've had. And mostly we're going to look at the fails, but we're going to talk about a couple of successes we had, too. It's always good to uh, go back and take a look at what you are doing and recognize your mistakes and your, if not mistakes, then your failures to complete failures to start. <laughs> because it's, it's important to have overall goals and then you have to follow through with them. And sometimes I don't do a very good job of that. And sometimes she doesn't do a very good job of it. And I got to admit, sometimes you don't do a very good job of it either. <laughs> it's called being a human being. Yep. So we're going to take a look at some of our successes and some of our failures. So you want to start? What do you want to, let's start fails. Everybody loves fails anyway. You get to make fun of us because we, <laughs> we blew some stuff. We did. We blew it. Yeah. Yeah, we blew yep. it. Yeah. So. I had a goal at the beginning of the year to uh, complete a guttering and rain barrel project for the place. And I frankly just kept finding excuses to avoid that and put my effort somewhere else because it's it doesn't play to my strengths. I'm not somebody who's good at that sort of thing. I'd have had to learn a whole bunch of new skills. And I just let it intimidate me and turned my efforts elsewhere. So that project still needs doing. To be fair, we could hire a done, but, you know, then... It's defining the contractor and making sure it gets done, being sure the place is open. Because we keep it locked. You know, the, the the gate and stuff is locked, so we kind of have to open that up for the person, make sure they're, you know, they're doing what we want to do. And, frankly, it's not that big of a job. So it's, it's kind of because we just got the cabin right now. Uh, that's kind of a hard sell. Not a whole lot of people around. Really want to anyway, mess so. with that small of a project. Yeah. Uh, we've been looking around for handymen in the area to, to maybe do a few of these nicky-nacky things that, like this that require it requires some some ladders and getting up on ladders. And I don't do ladders. It's not that I'm afraid. I'm just really clumsy. So. I don't mind getting up on ladders, but it also involves drilling holes in the metal of our building. And that is what intimidated me. Right. Now, to be fair, where the gutters are going is there's no way you can cause a leak because they're, you know, the eaves hang out quite a ways, but still, you're you're drilling holes in a in your structure. No fixing that if I do it wrong. <laughs> They'll yeah. be there. I was also planning on running wiring throughout the, the the cabin, and I didn't get that done. And again, part of that is is just I've never done this before. I mean, wiring is no a house, especially when the walls are still open like this, is no big deal. The wiring part, but the drilling holes through the through I you know you got this. Nice, perfect, good two by four, and it's just drilling a hole through it is just—it's intimidating for somebody who just doesn't do this. Now, I know you Home, De- Home Depot freaks out there, you you Menards people, you know, are just laughing your butts off at us. But we just don't do this. It's just not what we do. If it was living tissue, I'd do it because I've gotten over my intimidation of. That sort of work. If it was, but I felt uh, the same kind of resistance when I first started doing that sort of work. If it was electronics, I'd I'd have that thing completely disassembled down to the components. I'd be getting out of soldering guns. I don't care. That's I, that's what I do. I know that stuff. It, if it was a a a camera man, I'd strip that thing down and and 
uh, CLA, the, the whole shutter mechanism, no problem. But drilling holes in wood is just something I don't do. So, so letting yourself be scared away by projects because you'd have to learn a bunch of new stuff to tackle the project, that was the core fail that I saw here. Right now, I want to. I want to learn how to do carpenter woodworking. That was one of my goals, was to start in on that. And, you know, we need to get some of the basic tools. We have tools, but not really enough to do true carpentry-type work. You know, I'm talking about stuff like making uh, workbenches, making very simple, crude-level carpentry stuff, making water barrel bases, Okay, and I want to learn how to to do. I know it's it's stupid, but I've just never done any of this. I want to do how to do um, basic minor concrete work, so get everything level. And you know, I just never have done it. You know, even or I'm talking quickcrete stuff. I'm not talking about the bringing in pour. Didn't get it done. That was on the list, and it did not get done. It didn't even get started. It didn't come anywhere near close to it. So that was a, that was a fail. On the other hand, I did tackle a different project to which I also had no skills and had to learn basically from scratch how to do it and organize it and get people in to help me and things like that, which was the Prairie Restoration Project. And we're going to come back to that during the successes. Okay. Yeah, we're, let's do the fails first. All right. Okay, what's what's next on our list? Uh, you had one on fitness. Yeah, fitness fail. I am not, I, I had a goal to be more fit than I am now. Um, now, I do go to the gym. Okay, I ride my bicycle every day when the weather's decent. I go to the gym, so it's not like I'm not doing anything. But my weight is higher than I want it to be. And my conditioning is not as not where I want it to be. And I was hoping to be in better shape at the end of the year than I am. Now, here's what's going on. I had meniscus surgery in my knee last November. This is not an excuse. I'm just telling you that this was a problem. I, I was, and due to, long story short, it was nothing to do with the health part of why I didn't get it done. It was an insurance matter. Um. And it was, the worst part was, it was paperwork. It wasn't, it was just annoying. I had my surgery canceled multiple times because of paperwork. And we're talking six months. I hobbled around with a torn meniscus. So finally got it done. So really, you know, through, through March, I was in full-on recovery mode. And then, you know, March turns to April, April turns to May, and pretty soon it's December. I was rather limited in what I could do this year in some ways, but not in others. So I'm not looking, it's not an excuse. And I'm recognizing that it's not where I wanted to be. So I've set a couple of new goals for next year. And I'm not going to go into those on the show because they're a little more specific than I want. I really care to get into on the show. But uh, they're goals, and we're going to see if we can get them knocked out. I have done that. I have knocked out goals before. I mean, you're talking to somebody who had a goal of 7,500 miles on a bicycle in a year, and I beat it like a drum. (laughs) And 
we're talking in Missouri where it's unrideable four to five months a year. Okay. So that was a pretty good year. But that's been a lot of years ago. It's been a long time ago. The years get away from you if you don't watch it. We were just going through our diving stuff. And um, I was looking at my certification levels. And, you know, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. There's something about the show that makes her cough. She doesn't cough any other time. But she put on a microphone, she's got to cough her head off. I don't know what that is. Okay, what else you got on your list? What else do I have on my list? <laughs> I need another few seconds here. The next one I had, uh, we actually did an earlier podcast on it. Because it was definitely a proper fail. The core problem was situations changed in our lives. Specifically, we sold one car and bought another car. And we didn't keep up with the preps we already had in place. It was a failure to maintain preps when life situation changed. Bottom line is, we had to call AAA and get a jump. And we were out in the, we were at the place. We were in the middle of nowhere. And it took them... You know, a long time to find somebody where out where we were, and get somebody out to us for all for just a stupid. You know, we didn't have any other vehicles there. A stupid dead battery because I in the new car I did not know you have to fully pull the key out of the ignition, or it will keep everything running. I did not know that. I know that now. Yeah, we learned so, the hard way. Yeah, that was one of those, one of those deals. And we normally have a jump set in the car. But would pulled it out of the old car when it was time to clean out the old car, and it hadn't made it into the new car by the time we needed it. Interestingly, we uh, we went ahead and afterwards did a check of our jump sets, and we found out that we used the lithium ones, the little package lithium multi-charger things. They work great. But we, we when we checked, and we did check to make sure that they were all in good condition, hers had failed. The one in her car was no longer functional. It gave an error. So it got the old heave-ho, and we've, uh, we've got a new one. So that's good. So that was not a fail. That was a success because we checked. The, the, the true fail wasn't that we didn't have the thing. The true fail was we didn't make sure we got it in the car. Yep. So we that's took, what was We took care on. of it when we originally bought the sets and had the idea, but we didn't keep up with it when life situations changed. Right. We have, once upon a time, it's been years now, because I learned that trick. I had the same problem with medication. There was a medication change, and I didn't get all the new medications into the emergency bags. So had to do uh, without for a couple days while we were on a trip. Yeah, we talked, let's see, uh, another Prepper fail we had was um, doing something stupid and putting my life at risk. And any time that you do something stupid and careless and you put your life at risk, that is a prepper fail. (laughs) Because part of being prepper is being alive. Now, I got myself into a situation where I was not paying any attention at all to what I was eating and I ate a whole bunch of salt. I did not know I was actually eating salt. I didn't think it was. 
Uh, okay, the potato chips, I knew had salt. Okay, I'll give you that. But not but, nearly as much as some of the other stuff where it was more hidden. Yeah, and I just didn't know. I, it wasn't it was something that, it wasn't really, I say it's stupid, but it was ignorant, not stupid. I was ignorant of what was going on, and... There was a little, little bit of not attending to things that you don't want to attend to going on there because at some time in the past I may have mentioned to Salty that the cottage cheese was a high salt item but kind of didn't want to hear it well and frankly um, I had no idea that the cheese curds were like ridiculously salty I just didn't know that and you know, there we are. Now I do. Now I know that cheese curds are ridiculous, especially the way they the people make them there. Which just, is a process called salting out. Yeah, I, good to know. <laughs> if you're going to sit down and eat a whole bag of cheese curds, don't. Okay? If you're hypertensive sensitive like me for salt sensitive, don't do that. So anyway, that put me in the emergency room. We'll talk more about that in an episode about salt. Um, so... But that's something that, that uh, you know, it's something to pay attention to because it was bad. Okay. Um, another prepper fail that I have. I didn't follow through on getting rid of some of the stuff that we need to get rid of to clear up space for having... For space. <laughs> we just need some space. And we got way too much stuff in our lives that could go away. And I know that. She knows that. But we didn't get it done. We didn't get it, we didn't get it executed on the getting rid of a lot of the stuff. We got rid of some of the stuff, a little bit of the stuff, but not nearly as much. We so have a hard a time with the balance of there are is a small subset of situations in which this could still be useful. Yes. But it's not a big enough subset of situations to make it worth the storage space. Right. And we're, I'm, I'm a keeper. And she's... Not going to throw away stuff that he's not ready to throw away because it's not worth the unhappiness. Right. But we have stuff. I mean, honestly, if you've got stuff you haven't used in five to ten years, you don't need it. I don't need it. Unless it's really, truly a prep. If we're talking about a bucket of... Of 25 to 30 year storage food. No, I don't want to use it. It's going to be in the basement. It's going to be put away. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about stuff that, you know, you just don't need it, don't need it. So, you know, we're going to, I've got a bunch of um, Scooby gear I'm going to go through one of these days. Uh, just simply because we've changed our styles so much that uh, we're going to sell off a lot of that, the older stuff that we're just not going to use. Like that wing I didn't like, I'm just going to get rid of it. There's nothing wrong with the wing. It just does not fit what I'm trying to do, and it's too big for her. The fact so. that it's good stuff and you don't want to throw it away doesn't mean you need to keep it. Right, but you can find a good home for it. Yeah, and that, I suspect a lot of preppers kind of have the same kind of problem because, you know, we see a lot more situations in which we might need something that we don't currently need. I also have to really watch myself oops it fell please get that it's pulling my head sideways again thank you that really hurts when it does that too um 
I have a really bad habit of it's such a great screaming deal <laughs> that I'm like, okay, I really don't need this right now. But it's such a great screaming deal that I know we're going to use it sometime. I'll buy it. We had that today. I stopped. I, I'm a camera collector. Okay, this is actually a collector. I'm a, and I'm looking for some specific things. I'm not going to. I pass on most of the ones I find because I just they're not what I'm looking for. So I, we stop at a lot of Goodwill shops. We're on vacation today, and I just went ahead and stopped at a Goodwill stop, and I saw a Raleigh Professional aluminum bike with. Really good Richie wheels on it, and I know that sounds like an oxymoron to you cyclists, but these are the they actually Richie does make a few good wheels, and also the full Dura Ace 10 speed full Dura Ace. Okay, you're talking about aluminum bike, really good parts to the non cyclist there, and we're talking about fully kitted out for three and a half, and it's in her size. Which not every bicycle is. Right. And I'm like, ah, man, that's just a screaming deal. And, well, there you go. It was a screaming deal, but we didn't buy it. It wouldn't fit in the car. And he's like, I can make room in the car. I'm like, well, no, not really. <laughs> but if we were at home, I, there's a good chance I'd buy that bicycle. I'd, well, it, that would be a different issue. Yeah. Well, we're not because carrying it halfway across the country is a different issue. And if we happen to come through Mariana on the way, <laughs> on the way home, and we don't have to fight with it all week, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> but really, I mean, it was, a, it was literally a screaming deal. But that's the kind of thing that gets me in trouble. And uh, we're actually, we're driving, we're just driving around northern Florida, going to places we haven't been before because America. And we're going to pause here, and she's going to go out and look at the dam overlook. We're at a... Woodruff Dam Overlook, which this doesn't really seem like that, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, dramatic of a dam, but we're going to go take a look and we'll be right back. And we're back, and that dam was really... Much dam, lower than Missouri. Damn <laughs> interesting. Not really, actually. It's just, you know, there's, there's really... Oops, there's my audio book kicking on. Yeah, listening to Gettysburg by uh, Newt Gingrich and William Forster on the old audio book. So are we running? We're running. Okay. So, yeah, uh, this isn't exactly Oroville, and we're not talking about 900 feet. And, of course, we're also not talking about imminent danger of collapse over the overflow. If you want to see something, um, want to watch a really, really good channel, I love watching the guy. Um, the Blancolirio channel, I don't know why he calls it that, um, but it's Raul... Um, forget his last name. Really fun watching the Oroville Dam. So this one's got a spillway here. You can see this lake, whichever lake this is, I have no idea, is actually whipping up enough waves that it's splashing over the top of the spillway. So this is 
But this spillway is like obviously better designed than the Oroville one because it's like not collapsing and stuff. <laughs> so that's a plus, right? This is Jim Woodruff at Dam. But oh yeah, it's an interesting spillway. Um I think I'm gonna roll my window down and take a picture of it with my phone. And maybe, maybe we'll put this on as our picture for this episode. Because hopefully this is a never going to be a prepper fail. That's something you can count on Salty to never have a prepper fail on is accidentally living below a dam. Yes, that one's not going to happen. I've told the story before, but it's true. I have a Everybody's got their rational fears and their irrational fears. My irrational fear is to be swept away in a damn flood. I'm sure at some point in time, if if reincarnation is real, which we don't really talk about because that would be a religious type thing, but let's pretend for a moment that it is. I'm sure at some point in time I was swept away in a flood in, in a previous <laughs> life because I am... Paranoid, And I'm not a person that's afraid of the water. Heck, I dive in freshwater rivers in the underground. We were in one yesterday. We were underground in the river, and it was talking to us. We were hearing what it had to say. True, this one wasn't running all that hard, so you had to listen close. But if those of you, I probably very few of you have ever dove in caves. No. But, Bottom. Here's my one digression. I always do a digression. Here's my digression. The river has a harmonic to it that is almost as much felt as heard. It's a it's a rumble, but it's a rumble that goes right through you. It's partially subsonic, and you can feel not you can hear it, but you can not only hear it, but you can feel this subsonic vibrational elemental, epic feeling of power. The power of the river, the power of the spring, the water. You know, some people might get all wax all philosophical. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to say it is a very powerful force. It's like, you know, listening, hearing the quote-unquote sound of freedom when you hear a, a jet take off of full military power. It's the same sort of feeling that you get. Or I have never actually been to Cape Canaveral when one of the big rockets is taking off. But they say that's the same sort of thing. You know, when the space shuttle would take off and the the thunder hit you, it was that elemental power of ah, like that. It feels to me like floating in the bloodstream of the planet, but that's me waxing philosophical about it. Yeah, I'm, she's going to wax philosophical. I'm not going to wax <laughs> philosophical about it. I'm just, it is cool, though. It's something that that I love when I'm in, enmeshed in it, but it's also something that I do not actually encourage people to find out because it's exceedingly dangerous to do if you're not trained and it's something that you just really need to want to do to get the kind of training that's necessary. So. On the other hand. On the other hand. We were talking about prepping fails. And this one's kind of on me because, frankly, I am I am not a Luddite. I've learned to use a whole lot of new kinds of equipment and technology in the course of my life. 
but it is not something that comes naturally to me. It's not my natural bent. Yes. So I've, I've learned a whole bunch. I'm going to learn a whole bunch more, but it's not because it's just easy and natural. So I have to practice with all things mechanical fairly regularly. Uh, if I've only, you know, I tear down a gun, uh, learn to take that model, tear it down, clean it, put it back together. Some people would remember that for 10 years, 20 years. I won't. I have to look at that model again within two or three years, or I'll forget how to do that model. So keeping in practice on skills I have developed is an area for improvement. It's not like I've totally failed on it, but I haven't done as much of it as would be for the best. Now, this is one thing that, that uh, uh, I'll just throw out there. We have done a, a series on this, but one of the considerations that I think everybody should really pay attention to is kind of a side it, when buying firearms is how easy they are to field strip and how easy they are to clean. Because if you're, you're going to buy a, a gun that is a pain in the tail to, to, to field strip and clean, you're not going to shoot it nearly as often. So I'm just throwing that out there. You can, you know, that's just an aside. But we do have, actually, we have a, a complete article on this. And check it out. There's the Florida State Hospital. We're in the town of the Florida State Hospital. I don't know what town we're even in, but it has the Florida Department of Children and Family. My family is to come. Florida, that's yeah, children, yeah, green light. So there it is. There's the Florida State. We've seen the Florida State Hospital, or at least one of them. And a rather hard to understand billboard that says smoking kills crayons. Okay. Uh, got me. Uh, that was just. Oh, we're in Chattahoochee. Okay. What the billboard said. We are way down yonder in Chattahoochee. So there we are. We're in Chattahoochee, and we're going to turn this thing sideways here pretty soon because we're almost in Georgia and yeah, there we are. Okay, um, so keeping practice on your skills is something I need to work on in the coming year. Want to go? We've got a couple wins though. So let's talk about our wins. I learned a whole lot about keeping the place in better condition as a living ecosystem that will support survival of people and everything else we want to have living there. Oh, a lot of people, a lot of preppers, a lot of preppers make the same fail. And that fail is they do not see the need to pay a lot of attention to the environment. They think, you know, that's... Yeah, we get it gets into politics, and we don't do politics here. Okay, we're not going to to talk about environment as a political thing. We're going to talk about hey, if you need to live in those woods for any reason, maybe you might want to have them healthy enough to live in. Just saying, if you want, if you want to, if you think you're going to have to hunt for wildlife. Well, you need to build the woods up so that there's plenty of wildlife in it. So if you do need to hunt in them, they will do it. That's what we're doing. We're putting in, we're restoring 
a uh, shortgrass prairie. Um. Well, it's actually a combination shortgrass, tallgrass prairie. Well, it's the native prairie. It's what it actually came from. We're, Instead of letting go all back to woods. Right. We're going to be thinning out our trees to encourage wildlife population. That's the whole idea behind it is to encourage wildlife population and diversity of wildlife. It'll be a better wood source. It'll be a better uh, place to hunt deer, although it's already already a good place to hunt deer. It would go downhill if we didn't continue to maintain it. Right. It'll be a better place to hunt turkey, and should we need to collect things for a lot of the herbal medicines and things like that, or things that grow wild, and you've got to maintain the health of the uh, woods and the prairie if you want to have a wide variety of different things. We've got several different medicinal plants that grow wild in that prairie. We started an autumn, or she did, I'll give her, I didn't do it, she did, we started started an autumn olive eradication program out there because it's an invasive plant although it's one that you can eat so eh, you know it's invasive and you don't want it but you can live with but there's plenty of autumn olive around we don't need to be worried want to get autumn olive it's you know quarter mile down the road there's whole stands of it that nobody wants or needs but it would take over the entire prairie area and then start to take over the woods area if we let it. So I'm not letting it on my spot. So the autumn olive has to go. And if you ever consider planting autumn olive in places that is not native, do not do it. Yeah, it's I so- actually read that I should do that in some of the prepper places. But it's then so I read invasive. further. And they were like, ah, no, we planted this because we thought it would be good. And then... It was good, but then there was more, and then there was more, and then there was more, and you can't get rid of it, and you cut it down, and it grows back. And And then uh, all you have is autumn olive. Yeah. Diversity is the key to good, useful plant life. Unless you're trying to raise a row crop of corn, what you want is diversity. And plants like autumn olive kill diversity. So that was a that, that was a success. Now we did have a lot of success out at the place. We we wanted to we wanted to restore this prairie area, and part of that was removing a whole bunch of stuff that didn't need to be there, including a whole bunch of cedar trees that had reached a pretty darn good size and was going to. Uh, Spice had started removing them by hand, and you know pulling taking out. Two or three of these trees is a day's work by hand. And by hand, we mean hand tools because even he was he working was, during the day, and I don't run chainsaws when I'm by myself because that would be a prepper fail. Or, yeah, I knew we'd be getting into Georgia pretty soon. Yes, We're in we Georgia. are, in fact, in Georgia. That's all right. We're going to go up this road for just a bit, and we'll turn back. We're just exploring. We're going to places. We, this is what we often do on vacation, especially on like a rainy days. It's the home of Maggie Bridges. Which one of these uh, years we'll find I out no who idea she is. Who Maggie Bridges is, but this is where she's from. She's from Faceville, which I don't know. I so don't we know. got rid of the cedar trees. We uh, checked on the health of the pond and did a little improvement of cover in the pond. Put in some more perennial trees and improved the uh, orchard a little bit. Made more plantings of uh, vines both to serve as a barrier for people who want to trespass and to get berries from in berry season. So we did some good things there. Yeah, we did. uh... We had some organizational fails. That's the other fail we wanted to talk about. Okay, go ahead. 
where we had knew we had bought some stuff. Actually, it was some stuff we had bought out of sequence because we we do have a plan of what is most necessary. But some of those previously mentioned screaming deals came up, and we got some stuff early because we knew we'd never be able to get it at nearly so reasonable place again. And then it just got stuffed somewhere, and we couldn't find it where we wanted it. I don't even remember which particular item I'm talking about at the moment, but you were asking about it. Well, we bought it. It's here somewhere, and I'm here somewhere is kind of the bane of my life. Or, or even worse, I put it right there, and it's not there anymore. Because I put everything in the same spot, she has to move it, or the, the spot would get, you know, yes. 90 feet high. Because I put it all in the same spot. That's my spot. That's where I put it. And she moves it, and I don't know where she's moved it. Trouble is, it wasn't even enough to, for, of a of a item for her to register what it even was, unless it's really, something really weird. Yeah, some of the stuff I don't even know what it is. So... So, yeah. Um, organization is important. Or, organization, yes, that's definitely a, a fail of ours. Have a home for it before you get it and put it in that home when you get it so you can find it when you need it. We have improved along that line this past year because as we sorted stuff, we put them away in um, nicer or uh, more reasonable areas and we got better labels on our ammo cans, so stuff in ammo cans we could find. That was a big project. Yes, we did that. That was a big project. And our tools and that's are been much very more, useful. But tools are much better organized now than they were. Our bicycle uh, parts are much better organized than they were. Um, so yeah, that's good. So we made some progress, but we're not nearly where we need to go. And um, let's see, good for more successes. I had one more success I wanted to talk about, and it was a success in not doing something. I bought, I believe, one gun in 2017. Pretty sure I only bought one. Yeah, you did good. And it was a gun that I wanted for a specific reason. And it was one of the two ways I could have gone with this gun briefly. It was a 410 shotgun. But it's a 410 shotgun that I bought in uh, the configuration of a home defense shotgun. It's got a short barrel, and it's uh, very small, very lightweight. It's a 410, obviously. It's a pump. Um, it's a uh, you know Remington pump. You know, there's not. This isn't too fancy of a thing. It's got a you know, carbon stock or a polymer stock on it. But the thing is, she is five foot four. And I don't know if y'all have ever shot a riot gun, which is what we have, or home, one of our home defense guns. It's a 12 gauge, multiple um, uh, adjustable stock. It is just brutal to shoot that gun. I mean, it is brutal for somebody who's 115 pounds and five foot four with home defense loads. It's just, it's a, it's a load. And any shotgun, 
any shotgun inside of a room that's less than 20 by 20, which all of our rooms in our house are less than 20 by 20, any shotgun of any caliber loaded with any shell is going to be devastating, period. And people who say, oh, yeah, well, that won't really be as effective, they have not shot guns. No, I'm sorry. You just, that's, that is an internet guy sort of argument. Nobody wants to be in front of any of them. So yeah, it's kind really, of a moot point. If I've that. got double out buck loaded in a 410, which is not really the load I would use, but if I did, or I've had one of these home defense loads, which are really actually pretty cool. A lot of people use them in, in the uh, judge handguns, but coming out of a out of a twelve gauge or out of a pump, they're you know they're pretty mean. And also these 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 are also rounds that are not gonna go through the wall and kill my neighbors. So that's one of the reasons if this gun is much smaller, it's much lighter weight, it's much shorter, and it has much more controllable recoil, so it's not a one a single shot. I also eventually would like to get one of the old, I had one, I sold it like an idiot, an old 22-410 for hunting, one of the old Savage over-unders, but they have, the prices on those things have gotten ridiculous. I'm seeing a used old blue coming off of it, $600. No, thank you. And the new ones are just not as good. They're Frankly, they're junk. I hate to mention it to you, Savage, but you you, you you had a really good gun at one point in time. These new ones you're putting out with the polymer stocks are yunk. I wouldn't own one. All right. Anyway, so there we are. So buying the gun you needed and not all the guns you'd like so we can shift right, the resources exactly. to things we actually need more. Right. And then on the ammunition side of it, I just bought enough to replace what we're shooting. Because we have enough. Because we have enough for last us a lifetime, literally. The lifetime of the person's coming in our house. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be that person. You really don't. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just. I'm just saying. You know, she'll plug in, plant you. you. You'll be going to the garden. You'll be out there. Well, at least under the compost pile. <laughs> How about you just don't try and break into my house that that's a better be a, idea a much better idea okay i think we're gonna wrap this okay uh make your own list guys learn from what didn't go well uh congratulate yourself on what you you did do well and figure out how to keep that going good time of year as any to stop and reflect and set new directions yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna go on about resolutions because those are kind of goofy, really. And we are both regular gym goers, and it gets really annoying after the first of the year when all the resolution <laughs> people come in. They come it's in until busy. February, until until Valentine's Day, and then they're all gone. Yeah, for for about six weeks, it becomes really impossible to get any of the, any of the thing done at the gym because of all the resolutioners, and then they go away, and the rest of us, the regulars, we get we do our thing. So, anyway, talk to you later. Bye.